you know, you know, the question interview question was, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, which I'm not sure anybody asks that anymore. Uh, but um, I, I take that and sort of turn it and say, if you could have your dream job, do you want to run a team? Do you want to be the CEO of Nike? Uh, so it, what's your dream job? And if you want, if you see yourself sitting in that chair, then what are the legs that you need, the experiences that you need to sit in that chair? Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Jeff Urban of Sports Field Partners. Jeff, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being here. Appreciate it. Yeah, super excited to have you on. And before we jumped in, I want to read a little bit more about Jeff so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Jeff is a leading sports marketing executive. He is CEO of Sportsfield Partners, a new entry in the synthetic turf space, which focuses on eco-friendly, performance-based turf fields for all sports properties. Recently serving across multiple consulting engagements, Jeff was president and co-founder at Whistle Sports, a company that creates, curates, and distributes breakthrough entertainment content for young active males. Jeff also served as senior vice president, sports and event marketing at Gatorade, and held that position for two years years. Jeff, super excited to have you on. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Let's do it. Let's make it happen then. All right, all right. <laughs> so to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit, hear a little bit more on how you got started, what I call your CEO story. Yeah, so um, you, you, you highlighted some, some of the more recent um, positions, but um, I really got my start uh, out of college when I decided to attend Ohio University Sports Administration graduate program. Um, in Athens, Ohio. And, you know, for, for our industry, um, they are considered sort of, you know, one of the top of the top programs, if not the top of the top program. So um, I was able to take an internship out of that experience uh, with the Chicago White Sox, um, did my internship with the White Sox in their sponsorship and marketing group, um, which led me to the Baltimore Orioles for my first full-time gig. Um, and then just sort of progressed um, out of the Orioles into uh, an agency on the Miller um, Brewing account in their sports marketing group, where I handled uh, territory and regional marketing across their sports properties, first in the um, uh, mid-Atlantic states and then down in the southeast and southwest, um, and then left there to go to another um, agency. I'm sorry, I went to um, USA Today um, for uh, a, a long run and had a great run with, uh, with the Gannett-owned property at USA Today. Um, did a quick stint at Frankel before I landed at Gatorade, uh, which is where probably most people know my career from. Um, I did 10 years at Gatorade, eight, eight of which I was the director, two of which I was a senior vice president. Um, and then I, I, my career took an interesting turn um, in that I had always had big brands behind me, big, you know, USA Today on my business card, Gatorade on my business card, Miller Brewing Company on my business card. And I went into the startup space uh, with Whistle Sports, which is a whole new set of experiences for me from fundraising to you know, investor relations, obviously, to building it with just you know, two, two of us at the start, to eventually scaling it to 100 people and you know, both domestic and international offices. And that really whet my appetite for the startup space. And um, now we're about a year into Sportsfield Partners. I, I think it, you know, my aim was to sort of bring all my experiences together from my startup experience to um, trying to create a brand, which is, well, I know we'll dig into some of this stuff down the line, but 
Um, I think this opportunity really is trying or attempting in my estimation, to bring most of my experiences from the past together into sort of one, um, you know, sort of one opportunity. And I mean, we're literally building it from scratch. So it's uh, every day is, you know, sometimes you're the CEO and sometimes you're the admin uh, for a startup. I'm sure people can appreciate that as those that, that are listening have, have built it from scratch as well. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that and, you know, hearing that progression, um, you know, to everything that you're building. I think so many times we think that, you know, the positions, the things that we're doing in life is, um, you know, are there in silos. But so many times, you know, you hear the expression, like, I've been training my whole life for what I'm doing now. It's a lot of times because that build up, that progression leads you to the experience and things that you didn't realize that you might have needed or didn't know why they were happening, but they end up being very relevant in what you're doing um, as the, the CEO, entrepreneur, business owner, or as you say, the, the assistant or whatever you end up being, you know, um, throughout your progression. Yeah, I think that I think that's very fair. And, 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 and in corporate or in business, much like in sports, using a probably a tired analogy, um, you know, very few people play for the same team anymore for their whole career. Uh, as, as much as that sounds altruistic and romantic to a certain degree, uh, maybe to a large degree. Uh, most careers now are not, you know, this linear path of, I come out of school, I work for company X, I do 30 years for company X, I get a great pension and I retire. I'm, I'm sure that still happens a bunch, but uh, in my particular case, it was not as linear. And I'm, I'm seeing that to be more the norm. I'm not saying my path was the norm, but I'm just seeing people sort of getting this different set of experiences. And, and when I counsel, you know, younger folks looking to get into the sports space, I say, you know, be prepared for that. That's also a great opportunity. Uh, it can be frightening for some, but you have to be prepared for, uh, you know, how you need to, you know, sort of acquire your skills. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a, a time where there's so much disruption and change. As you said, you see it from sports, you see it, you know, in business where it's, it's, it seems to be more of the rarity when you get that opportunity to work for 40, 50 years or even play with the team for 20 years. And, yeah. you you know, you get to retire with them. It's, it's becoming a lot more of, you know, you, you start to um, develop those relationships, develop those skills, and then it kind of stays with you no matter, you know, where you go. So I, I wanted to drill down a little bit more and, you know, hear everything you're doing with Sportsfield Partners. Could you take us through a little bit more on what you're doing there? and how you're serving the clients that you're working with. Yeah, um, so my, my partner and I uh, are really setting out to create an eco-forward company uh, that also delivers on all the performance attributes uh, and all the attributes, frankly, that clients want when they're thinking about a synthetic turf field, which is largely driven by availability, ease and maintenance, uh, and you know, year-round use. Um, those are all key attributes of that any synthetic field should deliver. But you know, having four kids and been having been on thousands of fields, and I know you're a former athlete yourself. Um, you know, the the fields of yesterday, uh, while improving, I feel I still feel that we can contribute to a greater good, which is being an eco forward uh, with a uh, organic infill. So you know, we don't do black chrome rubber fields, um, and I think that for the science or lack of science behind that uh, is starting to get exposed a little bit. So. Um, we are we are really focused on eco-friendly organic infill mixed fields that deliver the same performance benefits as synthetic fields. But our, our our goal is not to be the best synthetic field. I guess to a certain regard, it is. We we want to be the best replicated grass field hmm. uh, because most clients don't come to us and say, "I really want a synthetic field." They say, "I really want a grass field." But for cost reasons and for maintenance reasons and for usability reasons, I, well, I guess I got to get a synthetic field. So we're trying to sort of uh, adapt to clients' desires and make it as close to grass as we can possibly make it with all the attributes 
of, of, a, of a synthetic turf field. So um, uh, we are, uh, are certainly keen to our uh, a customer base and we're the startup in a really you know, competitive space. There are some big players out there, multinational companies that are competing out there. Um, so, so there's an old adage or advertising campaign, an educated consumer is our best customer. So we're, we're looking for customers that are really want to understand sort of what's going down on their field. Uh, and uh, we're finding that, you know, for us right now, those are mostly private, smaller schools or top of the tip of the spear schools that might be top football schools that really want to know what does my field do when I put it down? How's it going to act? And those conversations we're finding are much more fruitful than maybe a public bid of a middle of the road high school football team that's you know six and six every year and just wants to put an, uh, put a synthetic turf field down. So uh, we're working hard to identify sort of the customers that fall in those two areas, tip of the spear sort of programs, be that football, soccer, lacrosse, where their field is used for top athletes and top programs. And with that is also performance centers. And then also private schools where this can be their, singest larger, their single largest expenditure outside of salaries. Uh, a, a field expense for a private school, 700 kids or so, is usually, you know, on any given year, their capital budget uh, getting used all at once. So um, we, we're finding that those conversations are much more fruitful with those two targets. I wanted to um, ask you now for what I call your secret sauce. And you might have already touched on this, but this could be for yourself as an individual, the business or a combination of both. But what do you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? Well, I think certainly, um, you know, trying to lead with an eco message. Um, it's certainly on point with um, sort of, you know, not just industry. I mean, I wouldn't say that there's an industry, industry trend, but sort of call it a you know, cultural vibe of being eco forward or eco friendly, um, as well as, um, you know, with that eco is the organic side of it. So when I mean eco, our full system is totally recyclable. So from the pad to the turf to the infill, infill mix is all recyclable. So that's sort of the eco message. And then the one of the important components of that is what we call the infill, which is most people would know it as the black chrome rubber stuff that usually flies up and gets in their eye. For us, those are all organic materials. So um, I, I'd say that's our, our unique positioning. Um, and I know this might be jumping ahead a little bit to some of the other areas you want to go, but um, in, in having that USP, uh, I think you know unique selling proposition or position, um, you know, an entrepreneur, in this case, startup CEO, has to really mine their network and say, hey, I'm, I'm putting my, my Rolodex on the line here. So where do I find folks that can help me get this USP out there or get a sales contact out there or get a vendor opportunity out there. Um, and that's one of the, you know, sort of one of the things I think, you know, startup CEO is very different than mature CEO in that you're sort of literally spinning your hat every hour. Like, okay, now I'm the supply chain guy and the next hour I'm the, not that, it, you know, a bigger CEO isn't all those things as well. It's just, I think the granularity under which a startup CEO has to really be involved in sort of each aspect of, I'll call it the major disciplines where you would normally have reporting line structures of supply chain head, sales head, um, you know, marketing head. All those, all those would be sort of functional leads. You, you are those things, um, and that's the that's the good side, and sometimes the bad side of it. <laughs> I wanted to switch gears a little bit and ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book, or a habit that you have. But what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? Uh, I, I, uh, I think there are sort of two things. One is I'm, I'm. Uh, I, I was taught at a very young age professionally that your network is really your, um, your wallet. Um, so I, I'd say I've tried very hard um, to mine my network, to build my network, to um, I use the term PLUs, people like us, that I can build a network of people like, you know, you know, be nice to people, they'll be nice back. And I think that's sort of one of my key 
Um, and sometimes it backfires because you're, you know, sometimes you're too nice uh, uh, in, in bigger business. But um, I'd say I'm trying to find uh, and mine my network would be sort of one of my significant hacks. And um, I, it it seems that you know Rolodex is an old is a is an old term that most younger uh, folks don't really even know that. Um, maybe not even know that term, but um, I, I see that art of mining the Rolodex as a little bit of a declining art. Um, and uh, so in that regard, I, I, I take great value in trying to stay connected across the network. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. And you might have already touched on this, but this is kind of a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It's something you might tell a client, or if you happen to a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. Yeah, um, uh, I've used this analogy for uh, for a, a long time, and it, it seems to, I think at least resonate with um, probably more younger folks as they're thinking and get, uh, thinking about getting into the business. You know, often when when at my age, I'm significantly older than you are. You know, you know, the question interview question was, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" Um, which I'm not sure anybody asks that anymore. Uh, but um, I, I take that and sort of turn it and say, if you could have your dream job. Do you want to run a team? Do you want to be the CEO of Nike? Uh, so it, what's your dream job? And if you want, if you see yourself sitting in that chair, then what are the legs that you need, the experiences that you need to sit in that chair? Um, and I always knew that I wanted to run somebody's sports company or run my own sports company. I didn't really know what that meant or that it was a brand or that it was a media company or, or, or what it was. But as I was thinking about that, I knew that I needed to get team experience, which I did with the White Sox and the Orioles. And I knew I needed to understand sort of the agency, um, you know, ecosystem and cycle of interaction, client back to agency and strategy and et cetera. So, um, and then I also knew I needed um, both brand and to be on the revenue side. And I got uh, that with USA Today and obviously with Gatorade. And I thought those, those experiences and the order didn't matter. Um, and I probably, you know, didn't, my 23-year-old self didn't know that those were the chairs at the time. But certainly as you go through one of those experiences, like, okay, check, I've got, I've got that experience. And then you start building the legs to your chair so that you can hopefully someday um, sit in front of somebody and or say, I want to start a company that looks like X because I've got these experiences. And if you're going to go raise money, people are going to want to know you have those experiences. Or if they're going to, if you're going to run their company, they want to know you've got those experiences. So I, I've always used that as sort of my analogy for for the the folks that are just starting to crack into the business. Um, and you know, it was born out of like I said that that, that you know tired question about what do you want to be when you grow up. Um, and I, I've tried to take a turn on that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So now I wanted to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Jeff, what does being a CEO mean to you? It means for me, uh, I, I usually frame it up as it means that I'm the lead builder. You know, this is my second startup role. And I was president of the first one. And I'm CEO of this one. Um, and the, you know, the, the, you know, having the final decision, you know, for a small company, usually means like we talked about before that you're, you know, you are the supply chain person. So you're talking to the supply chain person is talking to the marketing person. Um, but in, in short, it, uh, I think it means that you're the lead builder. Well, Jeff, truly appreciate you for uh, throwing that uh, curveball question to me. I appreciate you even more for taking some time <laughs> out. Uh, what I wanted to do is now pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they could get a hold of you, find out about all the awesome things you and your team are working on. Yeah, so our website is www.sportsfieldpartners.com, uh, and that'll give you a breakdown about who we are. There's also um, you know phone number for reach out down there, 
and uh, look forward to anybody who's got uh, any sort of leads if they're looking to redo a field or a complex or anything. We're uh, we're willing and ready partners for you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. To make it even easier, we'll have the links and information in the show notes. So thank you so much again, Jeff, for all the reminders, all the great work you're doing in creating your own lane and, and building that path. So thank you so much again, my friend, and I hope you have a phenomenal rest of Thanks. Day. Enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.